Hey, my name is Jason. I'm the producer of Relationship Radio. I wanted to let you know that we have a brand new website solely dedicated to working on your pies. Introducing itstartswithattraction.com. You can listen to every episode, learn about the pies, and sign up for our weekly newsletter. Go to itstartswithattraction.com. It starts with attraction, one word. It starts with attraction.com to get signed up today. Hello, welcome to Marriage Helper Live. I'm Dr. Joe Beam. This is a program where people call in and talk to us about relationships. And because we are marriage helper, most of the time they call and ask us about marriage relationships. Quite often the questions come about marriage difficulties, like how do we deal with this problem? How do we deal with that problem? And we're happy to help you with that. We have a lot of experience with it. I've been working with marriages and trouble and all kinds of marriages, actually, for the last quarter century, 25 years. And we're happy to help you with solid principles and, and listen to you and understand and do the best we can to guide you to the best resources. Our telephone number, if you wish to call and talk to us on this program, is 657-383-0812. That's 657-383-0812. Now, if you want to just call and listen, you can by calling that number. If you wish to talk to us on the program, then when you hear the answer, press the number one. That puts you into the queue to be screened so we can actually get you here talking to us. My co-host, as is often the case, is Kimberly Holmes. She is our CEO. We all work for her here. She is a slave driver. Let you know that right now. She's tough. She's tough. Kimberly has a master's degree in psychology, my PhD, at the University of Sydney, studying the correlations of, the causes of, and correlations between, I should say, marital satisfaction and sexual satisfaction. Kimberly, I want to talk about one thing today, which more lends into your area of psychology, if we might. When we deal with people who are dealing with marriage difficulties, often we'll find that one, if not both of the spouses, would be depressed. Mm -hmm. I've actually got a definition here. I'm going to read it for the people. I got it from the American Psychiatric Association website. Mm -hmm. And just let me read this for a second. Let's talk about how it affects relationships and particularly when the marriage difficulties. So according to the American Psychiatric Association, depression is a major depressive disorder. That seems redundant somehow, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the technical name for it, major uh, depressive disorder. That's, that's exactly, what you're right. It'll be in the DSM See, that way. Always value having here a, a psychologist. I'm smart. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, you are very smart. It's a common and serious medical illness that negatively affects how you feel, the way you think, and the way you act. Fortunately, it's also treatable. Now, depression causes feelings of sadness and or a loss of interest in activities once enjoyed. For example, uh, it can lead to a variety of emotional and physical problems and can lose a person's ability to function at work. And so it can be things such as feeling sad or having a depressed mood, loss of interest or pleasure in the things you used to enjoy doing, Mm -hmm. changes in appetite, either Mm -hmm. eating all the time Mm -hmm. or not eating at all, trouble sleeping or sleeping too much, mm-hmm. um, loss of energy, increased fatigue, increase in purposeless physical activity. In other words, walking around hand-wringing or pacing, nothing that's actually accomplishing anything, mm-hmm. and slowed movements and speech, or sometimes just the opposite. Mm-hmm. People get hyper, mm-hmm. and they start talking a lot faster, feeling worthless or feeling guilty, difficulty thinking, concentrating or making decisions, and, and of course, in its more intense forms, thoughts of death or suicide. Now, I'm going to give you one more thing about that. There's a thing that you can find online called the PHQ-9. That stands for Public Health Questionnaire 9. If you can't find one online, let us know, and our client representatives can get a copy and send it to you. It's not ours. It's, it's actually out there in the public domain. It is not a diagnostic tool. It is a screening tool. And they ask nine questions. I'm not going to go through all of them, but it's very similar to what I just read in the list, like having little interest or no pleasure in doing things, feeling down or hopeless, um, all those kinds of things we talked about. Now, if you can find the PHQ, it's going to ask you with each of these, uh, have you experienced this one? Not at all. Or have you experienced it for several days over the last two weeks, more than half of the days over the last two weeks, or nearly every day for the last two weeks? And then it'll actually give you a score. Mm-hmm. And from that score, it ranges all the way from none to mild 
to extreme. Well, as a matter of fact, they don't call it extreme. They, they call, call it, it. Do they call it clinical? Uh, actually, not here because it's a, a screening tool rather than mm. a diagnostic oh, tool. A diagnostic tool, you're right. They would call it clinical. From minimal depression all the way to severe depression. Now, here's what we recommend, and, and we'll start explaining why. If you are depressed or struggling with any of the things that we've been talking about here, we suggest strongly that you go online and find the PHQ, Public Health Questionnaire 9. That means it has nine questions. And that you answer them honestly about how you felt over the last two weeks. Then look at that score. And if the score indicates anything towards severe or extreme up in that range, anywhere up there, we strongly recommend that you go see your primary physician if you have one. Now, for some people, the primary physician is a gynecologist. But if your primary physician, the physician, and you take that, print it out, take it to them, show them the score that you have and, and how you scored each one. Now, he or she probably will prescribe some kind of antidepressant. They may recommend that you go see a counselor or therapist. And if they do, often they will have one to which they will recommend you, someone that they have confidence in. And why should you do that? Why not just bull your way through it, somehow make it? What do you think that depression does? If we have one spouse, mm. and we'll, put it, we'll make it a wife, in the sense that we know that statistically speaking, women do suffer from depression more than men do. Mm -hmm. Now, men do as well, so don't think it's a gender thing. Mm -hmm. But women do statistically suffer more. And so it, it, say there's some kind of a marriage difficulty going on and that she's in depression. Now, maybe her depression has resulted because of the fact that he's been involved with somebody else. Mm -hmm. And we can see how that would lead to depression. Sure. Maybe the depression is because of some kind of biochemical uh, disorder, meaning that, that you're not balanced out, that maybe you're taking the wrong kinds of medicines, or this is a side effect of a medicine, or that you're not eating like you should, which mm -hmm. can also cause all these things. Sure. How does that negatively affect them trying to do things for their relationship? Well, it affects, I want to say everything about it. It definitely affects a lot because when you have one person who is not thinking right. And it's not because they've done something wrong, but it's just the way that their mind is currently thinking. There's an imbalance, right? There's an imbalance of certain chemicals in your brain. You can't will yourself out of depression. You might be able mm -hmm. to will yourself out of difficult days, but mm -hmm. this isn't a difficult day. Depression is actually something that needs some type of intervention. And while some people are able to have coping mechanisms and get out of depression without taking medicine, if you look at the research of what is the most effective, it's actually a combination between antidepressants, cognitive behavioral therapy, and physical exercise. Those mm -hmm. three things together have the highest efficacy rate in helping a person get past and through depression. But when you're in that place, when you're, I mean, just the symptoms that you read, you've lost pleasure in mm -hmm. things that you used to love. You've mm -hmm. become, to your spouse, a different person. That's right. And when they feel like they have no idea how to please you, how to make you happy, they feel like they're hitting their head against the wall and they don't know what to do. They're more likely to retreat after a point because they don't want to be sad. When mm -hmm. they're around you, they're sad. They don't know what they can do to make you happy. So they tend to move away so from So they you. tend to end up moving away. And it's not because they don't care, but, it, but, but it they don't be. know what to do. What if it's somebody like in the case we just started with, maybe he is having an affair and mm -hmm. he wants to be with the other woman. Mm -hmm. If his wife goes into depression, she mm -hmm. actually decreases the likelihood decreases sure. the likelihood that she'll do the things that can help put that marriage back together for the very same things you're saying, mm -hmm. because it's just like, wow, here's the woman in this particular guy's case. And we're not justifying him. We're not mm -hmm. saying that he's right. We're just trying to understand how people think. Mm -hmm. Here's the woman that makes me happy and I'm happy to be with her. And here's the woman that when I'm around her is, is sad mm -hmm. or she's eating like a horse because of the depression or she stopped eating altogether. And I'm worried about her health mm -hmm. and all those other things. We talk about pies, the physical, intellectual, emotional, spiritual, to help you become the most attractive person you can be. And you do that for you, mm -hmm. not just to get the other person back. But if you're not dealing with your depression, mm -hmm. not getting the help, mm -hmm. then it becomes easier for the other person to move away, away. from you. It does. So for your own sake, for your own sake, get help for the depression. You don't want to feel like this. You don't want to live like this. So go get the help that you need so that you can deal with life again. Now, you said three things. You said medicine? The antidepressants, mm -hmm. SSRIs, cognitive behavioral therapy is mm -hmm. the most effective for depression, and physical exercise. Combining all three of those is the best. But even just combining two of those 
pick the two you want, is still more effective than any one of those on its own. Right. All of those things. Because you're looking to to get your chemicals in your brain back. And so doing the things like in the physical exercise, it's releasing certain chemicals into your body that are going to help you to feel better. That is correct. Help you to think a little bit clearer. Mm -hmm. The medicine is going to add on top of that. And the cognitive behavioral therapy is to get you thinking right. Because when you're going through depression, and it's something that in my past I've had bouts of struggling with. And when you're in it, you really aren't thinking right. Mm -hmm. It's very difficult to see things clearly, to see mm -hmm. things non-emotionally. And so mm -hmm. when you add on top of that, if there's a spouse who's wanting out of the marriage, then you're already hurt by that. Piled on top of the depression, the motivation to, to do the things that you need to do, the ability to see hope at the other end of this circumstance, mm -hmm. it would be almost impossible. Now, there, there is one other relatively new methodology for dealing with depression. It has to do with magnets. Oh. Now, I haven't uh, looked up the name of it. I used to know it, and I've now gone totally blank on it. One of our psychiatrist friends in Huntsville, a very close friend of ours, Dr. Charles Hayden, uses it in his practice. And um, if you look for magnetic therapy for depression, it's relatively expensive. Mm -hmm. It's relatively new, and it has a tremendous success record. But but you probably have to have a little bit of money if you're going to do that one. Mm -hmm. okay. Probably so. Whereas for the SSRIs, that's a selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor, antidepressant medicine your doctor would give you. Mm -hmm. And the therapist and the exercise would be much more, well, insurance will help pay for a lot of that. Absolutely. I'm not sure if insurance pays for the magnetic things or not. I have no idea. Okay. <laughs> Try it. <laughs> well, I know that Dr. Hayden tells us he's having an amazing success, not just with people in a particular bout, but actually curing the depression, mm. which is relatively unique. Mm -hmm. The point here is this. Do what you need to do to deal with this, because if you stay in the depressed mood, you can have those wonderful pity parties. Oh, woe is me. Mm -hmm. A pity party is the kind of party you don't invite anybody to come to because they might cheer you up. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those things where it hurts so bad and feels so good. But please, please do what you need to do there. Now, interestingly, Kimberly, our first call, call here is, I said cold because it says North Dakota. <laughs> A little well, Freudian there. there our first call is from North Dakota. Gus actually is calling, call, he's calling. I can't talk today. Maybe you should help me. He's calling about depression, causing a difficulty in his marriage. Hey, Gus, after I stumbled through all that, are you there, my friend? Yes, I'm here. Hello, Dr. Damon. Hello, Kimberly. How may we okay. help you today, my friend? Um, I am recently separated uh, physically for four months. And over the past couple of years, it, it seems to be that we always have a, a yearly conversation between my wife and I. Her saying, just not happy. I can't do anything for you. And eventually it just started to get to the point where I, I just withdrew. And the more mm -hmm. I withdrew, the, the more emotional she became. And mm -hmm. part of that, I, in looking at it, I kind of feel like I was gaslighted a little bit. And I just completely withdrew emotionally. And she got to the point where she didn't feel loved, no less liked. And mm -hmm. it got to the point, the tipping point was, I, I can't live this way anymore. And mm -hmm. now she has gone out and is now dating somebody. Um, and I think it's for getting into limerence. Um, um, I can see in the phone records of, you know, they're talking for two to three hours at a time, a couple of times. Mm -hmm. And it is to the point where it's also affecting my, my son because it's unfortunately it's, it's my son's wrestling coach so he mm. sees him all the time <laughs> mm -hmm. and it's it's a very unique situation um, it's very challenging but the depression I really feel that I, I've come a, a super long way because as Kimberly you were stating I am I'm hitting on all three of those levels between the, mm -hmm. the medicine the therapy and physical exercise which is maybe huge difference but now okay. I'm to the point of you know I'm looking through this and working with high contact and pies but mm -hmm. going forward I mean I don't really have much conversation everything is text she doesn't want to talk she has stated that the marriage is done and we're just mm -hmm. going to have to wait it out for to divorce because we have to wait mm -hmm. one year to be physically separated and mm -hmm. what 
you know, working on the, the smart contact and the pies, I know the pies are strictly for me, and uh, mm-hmm. they've done wonders for me. How going forward, what do we do? I mean, I, I continue to work with the smart contact and the pies and then just stand and wait. Okay, okay. All right, Kimberly, uh, because the, was it just my earphones or was that breaking up a little bit? Breaking up a little bit. Okay. Did you understand? I, I, there are certain portions I missed, and let me make sure. So, you Gus, I have one clarifying question. Um, you mentioned, I mean, I understand that she left and that she's possibly in limerence, or she's in limerence with another person, but what what was the very beginning? You said every year you would have a yearly meeting. Is that correct? Basically discussions, whereas in, in the, I'm self-employed, and usually okay. in the the winter time, things slow down. And she would mm-hmm. say, look, you just lay in bed for a while. You, you become depressed. You go in this, this lull gotcha. every year at the same time of year. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. So eventually, kind of what you're thinking is because of the depression that you would go into, it is something that maybe pushed her away. But there was also something pulling her away in the fact that she's now involved with the wrestling coach, the son's wrestling coach. Yes. And your question is, what can I do other than just wait? Uh, Yeah, I mean, I'm going forward, and I know Mm -hmm. that working with the pies and the smart contact and utilizing Mm -hmm. that are a huge Mm -hmm. piece. And, you know, Mm -hmm. I I feel like I'm in a a holding pattern. (laughs) And how long has she been gone? uh, Four months. How many? Uh, Four. Four months. Four. Four months. Four months. Well, you know, I, this is difficult because we want to give you something a little bit more. And I know that's what you're looking for. We, we all want that magic pill when we're going through this, but honestly, Gus, you're doing the right things from what you have said. If you're working on yourself by working on your pies, you're doing those three things, the great trifecta to help you get through this depression. And so you're doing a lot of the things that you can do right now. The, the tendency we get to in this point is we're saying, well, what else can I either add on top of this or what do I need to do differently to make things happen quicker? And the answer is, from what we know, unless you were, if, you know, if you're working with a coach, it might be a little bit differently. But from what you have told me, I would encourage you to keep doing the things that you're doing. I was even reading something this past week that said one of the tendencies that we get into as humans is we get into a habit or a routine. And even when it's working well for us, if we become bored by it, we want to change it, even if it's still working, because mm-hmm. we want something new to focus on. The key here is that even if it gets, quote unquote, boring or, quote unquote, not working as quickly or as fast as you want it to, that you stick with it because it's making those changes over a long period of time that's going to give you the best outcome on the other side of this. Right, mm-hmm. Joe? Exactly. It's, it's consistency doing the things that you need to do that are mm-hmm. right things to do. So mm-hmm. I, can, I concur. If indeed it is a now, for those of you that, that have not heard us before, haven't heard a lot of things we talk about, you're thinking, what in the world are they talking about when they say limerence or mm-hmm. limit relationship? Mm-hmm. Don't have time to explain it in detail here. If you go to our YouTube channel, so go to youtube.com slash marriage helper, all one word, youtube.com marriage helper, you can find over 300 videos that we have there on all kinds of subjects. What in the world did you just do? <laughs> Okay. I'm trying to be quiet and not draw attention to myself. <laughs> I thought I just broke a bone. I didn't know how I did that. If you go, you'll find that, that we have videos about things, including limerence and other things there. And so rather than trying to explain all of that detail here, just understand in the short version that limerence has to do with an extremely strong emotional connection to another person. It, it's a particular kind of relationship, particular kind of emotion that is relatively short-lived. What I mean by that is, according to some of the best research out there, will last somewhere between three months and 48 months. Most of them will end by the end of the second year, based on my experience. I've rarely, rarely seen one go past 36 months. And so the good news for you here is this, Gus. If indeed it's a limit relationship, if indeed, and again, you guys go to YouTube.com, Marriage Helper, to see a lot more about limerence. But if it's a limerence relationship, then at some point it's going to end, which is why what Kimberly was saying is that much more important. Continue to work on the past because that works on you. Now, for those unfamiliar with our language, that means work on yourself physically, intellectually, 
emotionally, spiritually, mm-hmm. P-I-A-S, physically, intellectually, emotionally, spiritually. Again, on that YouTube channel, you can find a lot about that, as well as going through our website, marriagehelper.com. That's marriagehelper, marriagehelper.com. You can find a lot of information and resources there. And so the good news is, if it's limerence, it will end. But that's why what Kimberly's saying is so important, because if you get bored or if you finally just give up thinking, I don't see the results of this, I'm just going to stop. You don't know how much longer that limerence might have lasted. Mm -hmm. And so it could be you gave up just too soon Mm -hmm. because those things are good for you, whether the marriage makes it or not. Mm -hmm. And we're asking you to do what you need to do for you. But we also tell people that if anything works. If anything works, this will. And so consistency there is the key. Now, did I hear him say he was doing the things you talked about to help deal, deal with his depression? Yes. He said he was doing all three. Excellent. Very good. Okay. And so talking about limerence, let's go to Anthony in Texas. Hi, Anthony. How are you today? Uh, I'm good. Thank, thank good. you for taking How my call. You? Well, you're very welcome. So um, I have a situation. Um, I'm recently... Uh, separated from my wife uh, roughly about a month. And um, basically what it comes down to is we um, we're both government employees. And um, before my wife told me she wanted a divorce, we were away from each other for roughly about roughly about six weeks. And um, when we uh, came back together after um, she was done with her, um, her, her training, we were in a, we were both in training and I was done Mm -hmm. with mine. We came back together and then um, uh, afterwards, we were kind of um, standoffish of each other. We weren't really communicating to each other so well. And this mm-hmm. is right before the holidays, right before the uh, Christmas holiday. And mm-hmm. then um, it was a rough holiday. And then two days after, on December 27th, my wife stated, my wife told me that she didn't want to be married anymore. Um, and it was just a shocker because it, it was just out of the blue. Um, the the issue that I have is my wife has been um, battling um, certain um, disorders. Uh, she's been diagnosed with um, with borderline personality disorder and obsessive compulsive disorder, and she's been struggling with that for the past 12 years. And um, there's certain things that she does that I mean, from from before I didn't really under I didn't know what limerence was until I started researching your guys' website and watching the YouTube. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it just seems like a lot of the stuff that's similar to limerence is also similar to some of the stuff that she's been battling with um, as far as uh, specifically with her borderline personality disorder. And it's just like, I, my question is, is how, like with somebody that I know for sure she's in limerence, she, she, um, when she went to this training, she um, uh, developed a, an emotional affair with another, um, with another one of um, the people that she was with up there and came back. And I'm just trying to like, how does how does yeah, how does mm-hmm. how does limerence affect you know people with does it affect people with that are dealing with mental health disorders differently and as far as like the time frame you guys um, talk about within you know the mm-hmm. does it extend it, the timeline or it does make it more difficult, Anthony. There's no doubt about it. Here's my question: uh, Who diagnosed her? If I may ask, was it a physician? Uh, she, um, was it? It was a, yes, it was a psychiatrist. Okay. And so you have confidence. It was a, a psychiatrist, newly board certified, et cetera. So you have confidence in the diagnosis. And if I'm yeah, I was, what, I was actually, sorry, I, I was there when she, when she was given the diagnosis with her. So, so. Okay. And I'm assuming that the psychiatrist has prescribed various medications to assist. Would that be correct? Um, yes. She's been on and off different um, medications over the past I would say probably roughly around six or seven years. So Wow. And and do you know if when she was on this trip, if she were or were not taking her medications as she should have? Any idea? So so that's another um that's another fact. So part of this training, um it's uh, uh it was an it was an academy. She's a she was trained to be a parole officer and she was taking certain medications and she had not um divulged to them that um she was dealing with depression. And she was taking, um, she was taking medication and she had mentioned to me before that she talked about not taking it because she was afraid it was going to come out. Um, I didn't know. I wasn't for sure that she wasn't taking her medication. Um, Mm -hmm. We had um, somebody while we were both gone, watch our children while we were both gone. And um, Mm -hmm. after talking with her um, after the fact, um, yes, I found out that my wife was not taking um, her medication over that period of time to stop it cold turkey. 
And that's one thing that I know contributed to that. Yeah. Yeah, particularly medicines for depression. I mean, I'm not a I'm not a physician, so I have to be very careful what I say about medicines here. But stopping, for example, an SSRI, select the serotonin reuptake inhibitor, which is typically one of the kind of things they would subscribe or prescribe, I should say, for um, depression. Stopping those things just cold turkey can lead to all kinds of difficulties. Some of them you can, like Prozac, you can just basically stop it that fast and there's no problem. But others of it do have more difficulties. Oh, don't take that, by the way, as medical advice on Prozac. I don't give medical advice. So in answer to your question, yes, it's definitely more difficult. You see, when you start looking at the research done about limerence itself, there are many similarities between limerence and obsessive compulsive disorder, which you say your wife has already been diagnosed with. There are also many similarities between limerence and addiction. Limerence in and of itself is not OCD. It is not addiction in and of itself, but it has so many similarities. So if you take a person which already has diagnosed by a psychiatrist OCD, so, which means she does have that obsessive compulsive. Then you take her off the medicine she's got for whatever it is, all those things that she's taking, whatever they might have been, put her into a situation that's unique, away from her home environment, and so therefore it makes it unique. Some guy or gal, whoever, whatever, came along and, and uh, for whatever reason caught her attention and got her affection. You know that the situation we're describing is extremely difficult. I'm not telling anything you don't already know. Will the fact that she's diagnosed with particularly borderline personality disorder and obsessive compulsive disorder, mm-hmm. will it change the, the way the limerence works? And the answer is yes. Do we know how? Not really. Because of the OCD, it could make limerence last longer. It could. But then again, borderline personality disorder, sometimes those people can be pretty impulsive, which means that it also, because of the fact that she has that actually might make it shorter. Basically what I'm trying to tell you, my friend, is that as you know, it's highly complicated here and we don't know how all those things go together. If there's research about that, I've never seen it and I read research constantly. So I don't know that the piece you're looking for is going to come from thinking, ah, these other things are going to make it last shorter or a fear you're afraid of, which is because of these things are going to last longer. We can't really verify one way or the other. Mm-hmm. We do know, we do know that they will interact. We do know it's a factor, but I don't know how much of a factor it's going to be. Mm-hmm. Now, Kimberly, the things that we teach people to do, which mm-hmm. has to do with becoming, uh, working on your own self as best you can, which mm-hmm. I'm sure Anthony's doing with a P-I-E-S, physical, intellectual, emotional, spiritual, mm-hmm. being that safe place. We know that if anything works, that works, mm-hmm. but we don't know exactly how mental health issues Affect sure. all that. Sure. <laughs> and that's about all you had to say about that this year. <laughs> well, but my my question here is, do we want to make that the focus? Hmm. Because it's outside of our control anyway. I mean, it's definitely outside of my control. I don't know either of you. But it's also outside of this caller's, what was his name? You know, the thing. Anthony. Anthony. Mm-hmm. It's also outside of Anthony's control, too. I mean, he can't mm-hmm. even control when or if she takes her medicine. So I would say, you know, let's focus on what we can focus on, what we have a direct impact on. And that is, like you said, doing the things that we know to do. There's probably going to be an extra dose of grace and compassion from Anthony's part and side in this because there is a person involved who they're not thinking clearly and it's not their fault. One of the things that we can get into that I'm glad we kind of came back around to is when we have a spouse who is struggling with a mental health issue, Mm -hmm. it can become easy to label them or to see Mm -hmm. them as broken or to see them as in need of help when we need to see them as a person who's Mm -hmm. just like us. We have struggles just like they do. It's just that theirs fit into a certain box that they get medication for. So just remember that we try and have empathy for that. I'm sure he does. You know, I think he loves his wife. Oh, but you're absolutely. Right. You're right. If we start looking at people as a label. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, Anthony, one potential piece of good news about potentially putting your marriage back together is that you do have children. You mentioned that mm-hmm. somebody was taking care of them. And if indeed she's not taking medicine for her disorders, mm-hmm. then that probably is going to doom the current relationship she's in. Mm-hmm. Because this other person, if he is in limerence with her, limerence tends to be all um, – 
all the good stuff. Mm-hmm. In other words, you don't see the flaws, the problems, the difficulties. Right. But with a person with a borderline personality disorder, particularly, mm-hmm. and with obsessive compulsive disorder, that's going to start manifesting itself really fast if it hasn't already. Mm-hmm. If he's new into limerence, it might be that it doesn't matter, but it, it does start mattering. And so the fact that if she's not taking your medicines, if she's not getting the right help for those things, I'm predicting that this this new relationship she's into is not going to last very long. Sure. Now, I don't know everything. I'm making a guess. Mm-hmm. But my guess is it won't last very long, particularly if she's not getting the help she needs for those disorders. Right. Okay, now we're going to move to California and to speak to Jack. Hi, Jack. How may we help you, my friend? Hello there. Uh, hear me okay? Yes, yes. How may we help you, my friend? Okay, so um, I have a situation in which uh, my wife uh, has been in a limerent emotional affair with a physical trainer from our gym uh, we'd uh, gone to, and it's been seven months now. She disclosed the affair during a couple's counseling therapist session three months Mm -hmm. into the affair um, and actually has shown willingness to break up with him but has failed now I think four times now. Tell me again what you just said. I, didn't, I don't think I understood that. What happened four oh, times? She, she tried to break up with him, I think, four times now. Um, okay. And it's failed every time. She usually resumes it within 24 hours or 48 hours. Um, okay. The longest may be like about a week. And <clears throat> now what happened is at some point I had told her – um, if there's any form of communication anymore with him, because uh, she's been dragging this breakup like three, four months now, and I said, if there's anything, any type of communication, then I won't have you at the house anymore. Mm-hmm. So I found out when we got back this year that she had resumed it, and she told me honestly after I asked her, but she was really reluctant. She's like, don't ask me questions you don't want the answers to. But I, mm-hmm. but anyways, I, I still asked. And she told me, so then I had her out of the house for a week. And then she came back, um, but she isn't uh, showing any type of affection physically or emotionally towards me. Mm -hmm. And because of that, um, but what I was able to get out of it was I asked her to come with me to um, the the workshop, which is next week, actually, that's the one we're going to, uh, the 13th. Okay. 13th. Mm-hmm. Um, my concern now, I guess the question I'm trying to ask is, what should I do? Because I don't want to ask the question, if, and I'm fairly sure, in fact, I, I would say I'm very sure she's still communicating. In fact, she, um, she probably stayed with him on Saturday, which is just past, and then she came back last night. I don't know mm-hmm. if I should just not rock the boat right now and just wait until the seminar or the workshop or what should I do in the meantime? What would you expect to accomplish if you ask her about Saturday? I don't know. Um, I just haven't been sleeping well with her next to me since she's come back because, you know, I have no peace. I, I feel a tremendous amount of, amount of hurt <clears throat> and betrayal, of course. Yes, um, I understand. And, yeah. So, Part of me just almost, I feel like it, it's so hurtful that she's next to me while I know what's going on. And I guess I shouldn't ask because I already know, but I don't know. Right. And if you ask and she answers honestly, then you're going to have to do something, right? Right, because it's the boundaries that, that I've already set, right? right? Mm-hmm. I'm assuming that you still love this woman? Absolutely. And you would like to put this back together if you can. Yes. And okay. I have worked on my pies. I've gone through the Good. I've gone through the Save My Marriage course and the Smart Contact Good. course. And I actually Good. work with Jared too. Yeah, Jared. Jared's a good guy. He's a very smart guy and, and one of our good coaches. We have many good coaches. He's one of those. Here's my recommendation to you, my friend. Uh, that particular workshop, it starts like on Friday the 14th. Is that right, Kimberly? Valentine's Day? Yeah. That particular workshop. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. The couple leading that workshop, when, when they do the workshop, I actually come in, which means that I'll be doing the initial opening of the workshop. And when it comes to talking about the limerence section, I'll be doing quite a bit of the, of the Saturday morning section and the Sunday afternoon section myself. Um, I'm not at every workshop, but I am going to be at that particular one. 
And if if your wife indeed is in leverage, which I'm, I'm not doubting you when you say that she is, if indeed that she's in that and she's tried to break away and go back and try to break, her, break away and go back, which is, by the way, pretty typical. I mean, that happens a lot when people are still in phase, what I call phase one of limerence. I'll be explaining all of that in great detail. And what I'm hoping for is that if um, unless you decide to do something that prevents you guys from coming, if you're there, I would love the opportunity personally to teach that and talk about that and interact with you and your wife as long as and all the other couples who will be in the workshop. What I'm trying to say is I think I can help both you and, and your wife understand a lot of things about what's going on. Now, anybody teaching a workshop can. I'm not saying I'm the only one that can do that, but I will be the particular one at that workshop doing that. And so um, maybe selfishly, here's what I'm recommending. Now, it's your choice. You do what you think is best. But I'm recommending it's not that far away. I mean, we're on Monday and come Friday week. I mean, we're just, what, 10, 12 days away, that that much. My recommendation is don't. Now, you do what you think is best. And if you have to do it, you understand it's your choice. It's your life. But if you can somehow just kind of let it lie as best you can till you get to the workshop and you both come to the workshop, uh, without her being defensive when she walks in the door, then, um, and even if she is, we'll do our best. But I hope, I hope personally that you come to this workshop. I really believe we can help you there, Jack. And her. Thank you. We will okay. be there. Thank you. All right, my friend. I look forward to meeting you. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. That He sounds like a fine young man. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, we have so many people call us who are just good people. You know, it. What I appreciate about that call is that he paused on what he wanted to do and said, I'm not going to act out of my emotion or out of my fear or and possibly make this thing worse, but I'm going to think about it. Is it the right thing to do? Is it not the right time for it? And, you know, sometimes we have to stop uh, ourselves from doing the things we want to do in the moment because we realize the outcome isn't exactly what we would hope for it to be. Mm-hmm. It doesn't bring us to our end goal. Mm-hmm. Okay. You ready to go to Hawaii? Yeah. All right. So now we're going to go to Hawaii and talk to Stephen. Hi, Stephen. How are you today? I am doing okay today. Okay. How may we help you, my friend? A year ago on January 27th, my wife left me, flew to Oakland with my children, two of my children, left our other two at home, <laughs> and um, came back a few weeks later and filed a false TRO on me. Hmm. Um, we've been, you know, we started doing family therapy and the therapist was horrible, you know, no license, but it's somebody that she believed in. Therapist actually interrogated my kids, all kinds of things went wrong. And, um, we, I fired the therapist at what point, at that point, my wife filed for divorce. Hmm. Um, we're in the court proceedings now, but two weeks ago, my wife came back to God. Um, hmm. She doesn't want restoration or reconciliation, yet she has finally agreed to family therapy with another therapist. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know where to go from here. You know, I I don't think there's any limerence or any other relationship. I think her affair is with mm-hmm. freedom. And freedom from what, what does she want to be free from? She believes... My wife was easy manip- easily manipulated by her family. She was molested from 5 to 10 years old. Um, her family has always tried to destroy our marriage from the day we met. Mm-hmm. And, uh, they, they worked steadily every time, you know, she cuts them out of her life. We were good. Then me being a soft guy, she'll start talking to the mom and I'll support it. And next thing you know, my marriage is on the rocks again. Right. And so what does the family um, have against you? If I may ask Stephen, I got her out of the situation. Um, the house she was living in, they were at that time, you know, her auntie was feeding her drugs and this and that. And when I met her, I said, Hey, anybody with me who doesn't do drugs, doesn't do this, doesn't do that. You know, I had my boundaries and she agreed and moved out and moved in with me. So we've lived together 21 years. We've been married for 19. Mm-hmm. Um, I really don't know where to go with this. I mean, because she's been fed this dream of. Independent and being free. Yes, and that's from from her family. That's where this dreams come from. From her family. From her family and that therapist that she's seen. 
Oh, yeah. so she's still seeing she's still seeing the therapist that you fired. Is that correct? I'm not I'm not sure because that therapist at one point, my daughter who's 17 said, "I'm going to come to that to your therapist's office and have a talk with you guys." And the hmm. therapist filed a TRO on my daughter. Judge threw it out. The judge threw it out and told the therapist to stay away from my family completely. Good. So I'm not sure if the therapist is not listening to the judge because that therapist has always said she doesn't respect the courts anyway. So what makes you think that the next therapist is going to be any better? That's my concern. I don't know where to go with what therapist to find. Um, it seems right, because like that's what more she's more agreed to do, but he doesn't know what right. good it's going to do. Has your wife given any kind of criteria as to how to find this next therapist? No, she hasn't. Um, I did get her to go to a retreat with my daughter this weekend where she sat with a, a nun for the whole weekend. And the mm-hmm. nun said she's going to try to help us find a family therapist, which is important okay. to me because it has to be based. But the problem okay. is my wife really believes thoughts in her own head. Like she believes that she was in an abusive relationship and this and that, and she wasn't. It, from what I hear, so she believes that she was in an abusive relationship with you. Is that correct? She believes yeah. that you abused her. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Yes, that's okay. her belief, which never never happened. Like. My wife does get physical with me, and I'll grab her arms to stop being hit, but that's about it. You know, um, I did have verbal abusiveness in me because you get tired. You know, your wife is depressed. She was molested. Nobody ever, never went to um, therapy for it and lies around all day. So you get kind of frustrated as a husband. You're working. You got to come home. You got to take leave to make sure your kids get to school and this and that and Okay, I want to make sure you know, I hear a couple I of things here. Let me make sure I understand a couple of things, if I may. You said that you have been verbally tough with her. Is that what you said? Yes, because at times I would beg, cry. Okay, I understand. And did I understand that you have on occasion, did he say he grabbed her arm on occasion? To stop her from hitting him. To stop her from hitting him. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so uh, can you see in any shape, fashion, or form how that she could see your language toward her as being emotionally abusive? Yes. Um, being that I wasn't raised in an abusive home where I was molested or beat, I handle mm-hmm. things differently than I should have, you know, because I don't see things as a threat the way she would. You know, okay. that's my bad. Okay. Are you a pretty strong personality? Yes, I am a type A. Okay. And so you're a very strong personality, and I'm taking it that your wife is not a very strong personality. Would that be a, a, a good guess? She's, she was very submissive up to this point. Now she's a rock. <laughs> okay. All right. So she's got her dander up. She's got her backbone up, I understand. I'm guessing here, Kimberly, you, you tell me if you think I'm right or not. I'm guessing that if indeed this relationship is going to have a chance for making it, and I hope that it does. Mm-hmm. First of all, I hope and pray that you guys find the right family therapist. And if that nun is pro-marriage and, and she can help you find one and your wife likes her, good. Awesome. That's wonderful. Because you definitely want this next therapist to be somebody who is pro-marriage, not mm-hmm. somebody who is opposite. Mm-hmm. At the same time, though, I need to recommend to you, Stephen, and you see if you agree with this. Um, if your wife believes that you've been abusive toward her, and that doesn't always include physical, mm-hmm. although if she were trying to hit you and you grabbed her hand, in her mind, she might see that as being physical abuse, right? It could have, yes, especially coming from the background she came from of being right. molested, and therefore she fears mm-hmm. any kind of restraint. Yes, exactly. Okay, and and you're a strong personality. That's pretty obvious. And as a strong person, I mean, you came across as just talking to us as a strong personality. You probably say things in very strong ways. Now you said up until now she's been very submissive. Sometimes the people who appear to be laid back and easygoing, and you think, okay, I'm talking, she's listening, everything's fine. The resentment just builds up and up and up mm-hmm. and up because they feel that they're being controlled. They feel they're being dominated. Mm-hmm. And if her family is also feeding into that same thing, mm-hmm. her family feeding into that, and you come across as this strong guy, then it's very easy for her to come to the conclusion that I am an abusive relationship. Now, I'm not trying to accuse you, Stephen, of anything. I'm just going off what you just said. If indeed the nun helps you find a really good family therapist, and I hope and pray she does, my suggestion, my friend, is that you listen very carefully, very carefully to anything that your wife says. And if the therapist confronts you on anything, for example, the therapist says, 
You know, can you see how that she would see that as being controlling? Or can you see how that, that she would see that as abusive? Don't just necessarily defend yourself, my friend. Try your best to see it from her point of view. Mm-hmm. Because if that's what she believes, if that's what she believes, then you'll need to acknowledge that or you're not going to get anywhere because it's going to be like you don't get it. Am I saying that right, Kimberly? I'm going to say that more clearly. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. The, she needs to feel heard. And a lot of times we can get stuck uh, in situations when we feel like the other person is writing us off or dismissing us or not hearing us, and we will stay there until we feel like we have adequately been heard. Mm-hmm. So make sure even though your perception of the situation is different, you still need to understand that her perception is her reality right now, and she needs to be heard in that. I, yes, so I would start there for sure. Mm-hmm. So sometimes even saying, well, she says she was in an abusive relationship, but she was not. I understand your perspective. I get that. Mm-hmm. I'm certainly not calling you a liar, not yeah. in any shape, fashion, or form. Mm-hmm. But what Kimberly's saying is, you need to try to see it from her angle mm-hmm. because if she perceived it that way, if you're going to say this thing, you need to see that. Mm-hmm. By the way, any therapist that would actually put a protection order against a 17 year old that just wanted to come talk about her mama, that just doesn't sound right. Does it? <laughs> I'm sitting here thinking, is she even licensed? Because you, if she went against court orders, she could lose her licensure. I mean, everything that's, Mm -hmm. Again, we're going off what you say. We don't know anything other than what you've told us, but that surely sounds quirky to us. It does. I did a YouTube video a couple of weeks ago. So go to our YouTube channel, subscribe so that you'll be notified every time we release new videos. But two weeks ago, the video was on how to find a good marriage counselor. Oh, good. I may have stepped on a soapbox. Uh Uh-oh. At some point during that video. (laughs) But it's good. (laughs) <laughs> she, she's really fun when she gets on a soapbox. Real fun. She doesn't pull any punches. <laughs> I have to go watch you. <laughs> no, maybe you shouldn't watch the video. <laughs> okay. Now we're going to go to Ohio and speak to Kevin. Hi, Kevin. How are you today? Uh, I'm doing well. How about you guys? Doing well. How may we help you? Um, so my wife and I were actually uh, at the workshop in January. Um, I believe she is in a limerence affair, um, mm-hmm. and uh, she learned about limerence at the uh, workshop, and she kind of could see that she was in a in, in a limerence affair, um, but now she completely uh, is um, going back on that. And um, I guess my question mm-hmm. now is that I found out that her um, limerence object is has been abusive in the past. Um, to abusive his other means what? Uh, physically abusive. Um, mm. You know, to other other people before your before your wife. Is that what you were saying? Correct. Correct. Mm-hmm. And um, how do you know that, my I, friend? I, not, um, funny enough that his wife actually reached out to me and hmm. told me this. Okay, is he still uh, married? They are. They, he is still married. Yes. Hmm. Hmm. So okay. I'm re- really concerned about her safety, that if she does kind of move forward with this and, and actually goes and sees them, um, they've only met once in person, but they've been talking on the phone uh, for the last couple months. And they've been talking pretty much every day and, you know, several hours a day. Um, so uh, I'm concerned if she actually does start so an actual relationship that she might get hurt. And uh, I don't know how I should bring this up to her or, or what? And why would she believe you? I'm sorry? Why would your wife believe you if you did bring it up? I mean, what what would lead her to say, oh, you know, Kevin's looking up for my best interest other than to be thinking Kevin's just trying to keep me from this relationship? Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, she really has no reason to believe me. So, but I mean, like I said, I'm just concerned that she would get hurt and I don't want her to get hurt. I don't blame you. I don't blame you one bit. Now, the wife contacted you. Is that correct? Correct, yes. Okay. And what kind of abuse did she mention, if I may ask? Um, that she's been pinned down and kicked before. Oh, my. And, uh, yeah. Why so. would she tell you, though? Um. I just kind of asked a little bit more about his personality and, you know, and, and his past.
past and his history because, you know, if she's going to leave, I just want to make sure that, you know, it's someone that's a nice person, I guess. So she didn't contact you and say this from the get-go. This came no. out in, in something else. Okay, that makes a little more sure. sense. Okay, so what was her stated purpose in contacting you, if I may ask? Uh, well, uh, she knew that we went to the retreat and wanted to know if there's, uh, if anything happened with that, if, you know, they stopped talking, if, uh, if my, you know, my wife was wanting to reconcile with me or, um, wanting to work on our marriage and, you know, she hasn't really changed anything really. I see. And, and was this the first time that the other wife has contacted you? Uh, no, no, she's contacted me a couple of times before. Okay. And so is she looking to you to be some kind of a support system to her? Is that what it is? A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Just because we're both kind of going through the same thing and, you know, obviously we want to work on our own relationship uh, with our Mm -hmm. own spouses. Um, So I think she's Hmm. just looking for support. Hmm. Okay. All right. So let me feed back to you what I heard you say that during the workshop itself, um, was this the workshop I did or was it one that Jim did? I'm just curious. It's the one that Jim did, so it was on the 17th, the weekend of the okay. 17th. All right. Mm-hmm. So that when Jim discussed limerence, uh, if I understood you correctly, it was a matter of she began to think maybe that's what I'm going through. Is that what I heard you say earlier? Correct, yes. Okay. But then later that she decided, no, it's got to be something different than that. Correct? Uh, correct. She, she thinks that, you know, she found her soulmate and they're truly in love mm-hmm. and it's not limerence. Yeah, that's not unusual, by the way, that we, we crack that, that shell just a little bit when we teach and uh, at least the seed is planted there, my friend. So mm-hmm. we, we hope that that does at some point take root. Mm-hmm. I definitely appreciate the fact that you want to protect your wife. I really do. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you do that because if you can tell her if you wish, but that one of two things is going to happen, maybe more than that, but at least two I can think of immediately. One is either she goes, oh, thank you very much. I'm done with him. And that's not the likely one. The other one would be, uh, yeah, well, you and she have been working this stuff out together. You're just trying to keep us apart. Why should I believe you? And if she took that second reaction, it just pushes her further away from you. So while I understand you protecting her, and I'm all for that, uh, I don't know how you get her to believe you. And, of course, I, mm-hmm. I didn't meet you guys. I don't know you. And so I'm speaking in generalities here. If you're convinced that she would believe you and you convinced that it would keep her from doing that, then by all means do so. But if on the other hand, you think it just pushes her toward him and away from you, then it actually makes the likelihood of her getting hurt greater yeah. rather than lesser. Can, can that make sense to you? I mean, do, am I saying this in a way that it makes any sense to you at all, my friend? It, it does. And I guess it, it hurts me to know that I should probably not tell her and, mm-hmm. you know, try yeah. to work on myself and, and uh, you know, see if I can, change yeah. my behavior for her to be more attracted to me and, you know, get away from that relationship. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it's, I, I just worry that if I can't do that in time, that she would get yeah. hurt. Well, she may get hurt, but let's hope and pray that if he begins to, to manifest that, you said he wanted me to get her one time, if they, they around each other more, if that happens, and I hope it doesn't happen, I hope she's never around him, but if so, and he manifests that, let's just hope that, that uh, she sees the signs early enough when it's not a great deal of damage, right. and she can get away from that. Right, because we also don't know that, that his wife did not lie about it. Which is always a possibility. It's a possibility. And she's trying to get that thing through. Mm-hmm. Kevin, our heart's with you, man. Keep, keep doing the right things, and, and uh, I hope and pray that she does not get hurt physically. In a relationship like that, it's inevitable she's going to get hurt emotionally. Right. But at least not physically. Right. So, Kimberly, you have a letter there? I do. Mm-hmm. Do you want to take – you want me to read it now? Yes, because it's 25 after. Let's do it. So this is – This was something that was posted in our Save My Marriage course Facebook group from a participant, but it's not a normal type of post that we have. She said, my formerly limerent, no longer wayward husband wrote this very heartfelt letter to Marriage Helper. Hmm. So we get a letter. And for all the standers standers whom his heart goes out, this post is long, but should bring you hope and insight. I wanted to take a moment to express my thankfulness to Marriage Helper. This is coming from her husband. 
The one who's been in the The one who was in the affair. The one who did not do the course, her husband. Okay. It is no easy t- task to talk about this, but this time last year, I was walking away from my marriage. There are several things that led up to that terrible decision after 15 years of marriage and two children, but the only part that matters is that when I broke, my wife stood. While I walked away into the arms of another, my wife did the strongest thing I've ever seen and endured such nightmarish hurt at the hands of someone she swore her life to. She withstood such immeasurable, immeasurable pain at the hands of the man who promised God that he would defend her. And I write this with a lot of grief. I cannot fathom the person that I become, became last year. I want to pair this letter of gratitude with some hope to those burdened hearts out there that may be feeling hopeless and possibly reaching their own breaking point, as no doubt my wife must have reached during the lonelier and more painful hours. I am not writing this to condone what is being done to you. Your Mm. pain is valid and correct that I feel unworthy to even speak on it, but it hurts me to know that you're going through it. I experienced many, many different stages while I went through what I was going through. Most of the time, nobody really knew what was happening inside of me. I hid what I was doing and eventually became very open about it, but it took much, much more time and effort to be able to open up about what was happening underneath it all. The truth is that there were a lot of times where I was escaping reality and running from myself, but there were also many times that I hid from everyone and privately poured my heart onto the floor in a puddle of tears, thinking of the pain and damage I was causing, realizing the person I was turning into, and that I couldn't see how I could get out of it. Yet on the outside to others, I appeared to be happy in my new decisions and my newly embarked life. My mask was as thick as they come, but my life was losing its grip. While I was fully responsible for my action actions, I also was not in control of myself. And the further it went along, the worse that control became because what was big one day was normal the next day and tedious the day after. Every step in the darkness became easier than the one before because you start to think that, that once you are so dirty, what is another stain of dirt when your soul is already so covered in mud? Hmm. <clears throat> and goes on to talk much more about that. I feel like I haven't been alive for the year that I was gone. Like I've woken from an overdose of, or a coma. I don't know who I was becoming, but I'm so thankful to marriage helper for giving my wife the tools to help me become a better person, not just another person, but even more in ditching the old person that I had become little by little and lot by lot. I was becoming something despicable. And I'm so thankful that my wife saw something worth standing for something worth persevering. Healing has been painful but my wife has been there through every step of it. My wife deserves the happy ending she's worked so hard for. My children deserve a present, healthy father, and I will make certain that light overcomes darkness. So from the bottom of my heart, thank you, Marriage Helper. Wow. Yes. That's pretty powerful. Yeah. You know, there are a lot of people that we have helped overcome their limerence. Now, obviously, we don't do it for them. We have overcome the numbers, put their marriages back together, and the marriage has now been back together. Oh, sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a ding of, <laughs> of agreement. <laughs> and the marriages have been back together for some length of time now, and they're doing extremely well. They don't always write us letters, and that's mm-hmm. fine. We understand that, that um, we're just happy they put their marriages back together, and they're doing well. But admittedly, we love letters. We do. Because when you work in this world, dealing with so much pain with so many people so often, it really, really helps. I mean, we know that we do good. We see it all the time. But when they actually write the letter and say, this is how you did the good. This is what you did for us. It it really, really touches our hearts and Mm -hmm. motivates us to do even that much more to help people. There's one final line in here that he said that I just saw. He said, thanks to the process that Marriage Helper laid out for my wife to follow, even alone, Our marriage has never been so strong, happy, and hopeful. There are so many things that she learned from Marriage Helper that worked wonders, even when neither of us thought they were working. So many things I wish I had enough time and uh, and enough of your attention to go into detail of what worked, but I will just say, trust the process. Which is what we tell people all the time. Trust the process. (laughs) I'll hire him today. (laughs) That's exactly what we tell people. Okay. Sometimes I think my job is in jeopardy. We're going to get people (laughs) like this and don't need me anymore. But he saw it work and not even from this perspective from, I mean, he is the spouse Mm -hmm. that we had to call about His wife did the process and it had that effect on him. Do you hear that? His wife did the process and it worked. It Mm -hmm. doesn't always, 
but it does most of the time. Mm-hmm. So we say we leave the process. Check us out on YouTube, youtube.com, Marriage Helper. Go to our website, Marriage Helper. That's marriagehelper.com. And if you want to call and talk to one of our client representatives to see if we have some resource that helps you, you call us at 866-903-0990. That's 866-903-0990. We need to close the program. (laughs) We're so glad to have you on. We'll be back next week, next Monday. Again, subscribe to us on YouTube because we are there every Tuesday, every Thursday, releasing new content for you. So be sure to subscribe so you get those notifications. And until then, we'll see you next week.